1: This is They Will Kill a True Crime podcast. I'm Sadie Eck.
0: And I am Courtney
1: Eck. And uh, we've been having internet issues, and so we've done this <laughs> intro a few times already. Yeah. I'm all out of witty things to say. No,
0: go, I, I... go, go. Just get through the story. <laughs> Quank before it drops.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's Courtney's night. Yes. She says that she has a really terrible, brutal, awful, gross don't eat while you listen story.
0: Yeah, I'm not a super squeamish person, but I eat yogurt every morning for breakfast. Gotta get that high protein mm-hmm. morning start, guys. But this one, I really had to set aside my snacks and my drinks while I was covering it. I'm not gonna get into those gory details, but ugh, man, this story, mm. uh, we are on a real roll these past several weeks. And I apologize that we are continuing this roll, but these are the disgusting, senseless, heartbreaking murders of Rory Hache and Candace Fitzpatrick. So on September 11th, 2017, a man and his grandson were fishing in the Oshawa Harbor of Lake Ontario in Ontario, Canada, when they spotted something strange about three quarters of the way up the pier near one of the city's most popular beaches. They called the police who confirmed that it was the dismembered torso of a female and determined that it had been dumped in that specific spot and had not washed up from a different location.
1: That is not something that anybody should ever have to find. Hell
0: no, and I guess it was trapped in a fishing net, which absolutely not, under no circumstance, please and thank you. The body had been dismembered in a way that led police to believe that the person responsible had experience as a doctor, hunter, or butcher. Mm. There were no distinguishing marks of any kind on the body, And so it was sent to an anthropologist who determined that the torso belonged to a woman who had been between 16 and 24 years old and also got a general idea of the weight and height of the person when she was alive. Police combed through missing persons reports in the area to narrow down who the victim was. Two months later, familial DNA confirmed that the torso belonged to 18-year-old missing person Rory Hache. Thank
1: God for genealogy
0: DNA. I just can't. I can't. I don't want to go. No. I mean, if I was a murderer, I would want to go back to the time before familial DNA, but as a non-murderer, I could not be more grateful for it. So at the time of her disappearance, Rory was living in downtown Oshawa and had been incredibly loved and spoiled by her mother and her mother's friends growing up as she was the only girl in their friend group. And as a... Childless woman with only boys in the friend group Mm -hmm. and as nephews. (laughs) The one girl in the friend group is getting a lot of spoiling from me. Yes, I agree. (laughs) She was passionate about dancing and rapping and loved animals and her family very much. Rory's grandfather was Bernard Bernie Guidon, who was a quote, former outlaw biker, gangster, and boxer. Wow. Who founded the biker gang Satan's Choice that ran from 1965 to 2000 when they merged with the Hells Angels. And he has one of the longest Wikipedia pages I have ever seen. Holy shit. <laughs> yes. That is a resume if I've ever heard one. Yes. It's a lot. Yeah. I'm not kidding when I say it is multiple scrolls long i've never seen anything (laughs) like it rory's uncle harley davidson no yes yes no they didn't yes they did they (laughs) certainly did oh my god he was an active member of the hell's angels as were other members of her family and friends so she grew up around some tough individuals
1: I mean, what do they expect with a name like Harley Davidson?
0: If you are just, there's one job you were born to do, and that Mm -hmm. is to be a Hell's Angel, and Harley Davidson did it to the best of his ability. (laughs) Rory's parents separated when she was a teenager, and her mother was working long hours to support them, so said she, quote, started losing her grip on her girl as she had less time to spend with her and supervise her activities.
1: I'm sorry, you said the biker gang guy was her dad? Grandfather. God, grandfather, okay.
0: Yeah, and it doesn't really come into play too much in the story. It's just more about she had a bit of a rough life. I'm <laughs> sure. Tons of love. Yeah, extremely loved and very supported and had the literal hell's angels and Satan's choice on her side. But, yeah, she just, she had a rough go, basically. Mm-hmm. So Rory had been staying at her uncle Harley's house with he and his family around a year before her murder. Harley had been on house arrest at the time. And after caring for Rory for a while, he gave her and her mother $1,000 to help them out. It was around that time that Rory developed an addiction to crystal meth and had fallen in with a rougher group of friends as a result. Yeah, don't
1: do math, guys. Don't
0: do meth. Don't math. do math, Or don't, don't fall in with the rough kids and then do the math. Either way, whichever mm-hmm. comes first, don't do either. Rory's mother said that the, quote, first week of high school was the beginning of the end and that her daughter changed dramatically, had come home with a different attitude, and she felt her slipping away within the first month. She said that, quote, even after some of the closest people to her mutilated her soul at 14, she still pushed forward and she was good and she didn't hold anything over anyone's head. And that if she had an apple, she would split it five ways if there were four people in the room. Mm. So I don't know the details of that. I'm assuming that there was some sort of assault in her Mm -hmm. early um, teenagehood. Her mother said that her meth addiction had an even more negative impact on her daughter's behavior and their relationship, and she struggled even more with raising her teenage daughter. She said that she was also full of guilt and shame for things that other people had done to her, meaning Rory, but turned that pain inward. (laughs) In August of 2017, Rory's aunt brought her to a dollar store to purchase a pregnancy test but never learned the result of the test. Oh, man. I read that they thought she was pregnant, and then I read that she was pregnant when she was murdered. I don't know for sure, but there's a very good chance she was pregnant when she was murdered. Her aunt last saw her niece on August 29th and reported that she seemed happy at the time, and she had been working with a local organization called The Refuge to try to get back on her feet and secure an apartment. A worker at the refuge, however, reported that Rory hadn't been doing so well in the summer leading up to her murder and that she had been, quote, using various drugs and had become withdrawn. A local police officer had run into Rory on several occasions over that summer as well and reported that he frequently saw her outside, standing on street corners, and was aware that she was using drugs and doing sex work to afford her habit. He was very concerned for Rory and convinced his superiors to let him help her and was able to secure some public housing for her to get her off the streets.
1: It's really sad that I'm already like, oh, don't trust that guy. No,
0: No, you can trust this guy. Okay, good. No, and I, you know, I hope I can say it without crying, but I'm just really happy that she had so much love in her life and like so many people rooting for her when horrible, horrible things happened to her because at least she knew she was loved, you know? Yeah. When he went to find Rory to share the news, he said he couldn't find her anywhere. Rory's mother told a conflicting tale and said that her daughter had decided to go back to school, was living on her own, and had a boyfriend named Tony. Mm. She said she spoke to her every day that summer and her mother and told her mother at the end of August that she thought she was pregnant and wanted to keep the baby if she was. So it seems that she was trying very hard to make a positive change in her life, but was still very much struggling. Mm -hmm. So it seems like she was telling her mom she was being a little bit overly optimistic, but she was definitely not off the streets yet and was definitely still very addicted to meth, but was earnestly attempting to get off the streets and change her life and was actively seeking services from the refuge and was actively, you know, she was like really trying, but she was struggling. Life is hard, man. Yeah. You get into that life and I think it's very hard to get out. Yeah. So workers at the refuge noticed that Rory was missing first as she hadn't come in as often as she usually did. So they started to get worried. They reached out to Rory's family, who contacted the police on August 31st after no one had seen her or heard from her for three days. And she was last seen at Memorial Park in Oshawa. So then fast forward to Christmas Eve 2017, and a man named David Wood and his family moved into a first floor apartment in downtown Oshawa. The family met their downstairs neighbor, 45-year-old Adam Strong, who had been living in the basement apartment since 2007, and they shared some Christmas cookies with him to celebrate the holiday. So the next day, on Christmas, Strong asked if they had any kind of plumbing snake that he could borrow. No. Because his plumbing was backing up after he flushed an inflated condom down the toilet. Mm Mm-hmm. David agreed to let Strong borrow his plumbing snake, but the job turned out to be bigger than the average person could handle. So on December 29th, Strong called a plumber for help as the sewer had started backing up into the entire house. And as the plumbers worked, they started to pull up, quote, black sludge and something stringy. The plumber said that Strong appeared nervous and tried to laugh it off. But after the plumber extracted, quote, 10 to 20 pounds of flesh or meat-like stuff over three or four hours... That poor plumber. Poor oh my God. Plumber. Uh, they decided to call nine one one to get a second opinion. Yeah, good
1: for him. It's the exact same thing that happened to Dennis Nielsen. Ex- Remember that? Yes. Oh,
0: yes, I do. Yes, yes. I cannot yes. believe that nobody learned from Dennis Nielsen and was still trying to flush human bodies down the fucking <sighs> Stop. toilet. Stop! Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't no. do it. No, don't. It does don't not work. Kill eighteen year old girls and no. then do not. Flush them down the toilet, you fucking oh, god, disgusting psychopath!
1: Or do so that we can catch you? Yeah. Ugh.
0: Ugh. He claimed that one piece he extracted was around eighteen inches long. Oh Oof. no! Yeah, no, no. If somebody tried to flush someone I love down the toilet, it's just like
1: uh, no. I
0: it's a them devastation them. that I can't believe people have to endure. So police arrived and were quickly able to confirm that the fleshy substance the plumber was extracting was, in fact, human remains. And then <sighs> what the fuck do you do with the rest of your day, weeks, months, life? Like, Nothing. You just How lay down. do you recover from that as a plumber? You don't. you don't. So police went to Strong to ask him if he knew why human remains were being extracted from his plumbing. And he immediately announced, OK, you got me. The gig's up. It's a body. Oh, God. Followed by, if you want the rest of her, she's in my freezer. No. Well, get this. I found this detail way, way into my research. That freezer was in his bedroom.
1: Oh, God, no. Which somehow
0: makes it so much worse for me. So, yeah, that's... Uh, I don't no. know if I've ever heard anything creepier. Creepier, right? To have a, just to have a box freezer plugged in. I'm assuming it was a box freezer plugged in in your bedroom, A, on your carpet and next to your like <sighs> water bed or whatever. Ugh, God.
1: <laughs> oh. This guy.
0: And if you see photos of his apartment, it's exactly what you think it's going to be. Just hoarder house, barely livable. Oh yeah. God. Scene from Seven. Yes. Yeah. Adam Strong was described as, quote, very sure of himself and cocky and had worked as a gas station attendant and film set security officer around the city. He was also a big fan of BDSM and would post about his kinks on his Facebook page, including a 2015 photo of a pair of handcuffs with the caption, quote, home is where my handcuffs hang. And then additionally commented underneath that and said, oh, and a collar. Which is Ooh. fine. I mean, Ooh, sure. if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, Sadie and I fully, 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 fully in favor of consensual kink, D- do express yourself, please, by all means. But God, God. The word is
1: consensual. Yes.
0: Yes. Yeah. Non-murdery. Please. Yeah. Please. And I don't know. Ugh. It's I only bring that up, not kink shame in any sense of the word, but just to paint a picture of who this guy is. He also spent a good deal of time posting reviews for porn films and erotica books, which, again, it's all well and good, but it gives a good sense of Strong's priorities in life. And no one would be surprised to hear that ex-girlfriends would claim that he had been abusive and controlling. Mm -hmm. So Adam Strong was immediately arrested after tens of pounds of human remains were found in his plumbing and freezer, and he admitted to knowing that they were there. Police brought Strong to the station for questioning, and the self important SOB took the opportunity to talk to police about anything and everything like they were the best of buds. He talked about serial killers, his exes, the things he did in his spare time, and religion. He made it abundantly clear that he didn't like drug addicts and didn't associate with them. Oh, good. Good for you, you moral. Exactly. So morally superior. Everyone is just absolutely. In all, You know, like, oh, you know what? Yeah, they just found a teenage girl in your toilet. Mm-hmm.
1: But... Tell me more about the drug use. Yeah,
0: but that you look down upon it and you don't mm-hmm. associate with it. That changes mm-hmm. everything. In the interrogation footage, he's ridiculously calm and sarcastic and said things like, quote, there's no way of getting around that I chopped her up. <sighs> there's no way, and I understand that. You know, I was just sitting down in my basement after the plumbers left and I was like, Am I gonna get out of this? I dunno. Should I leave now? <laughs> just like, like you had a crazy night, drunk night out, and you're like recapping it with your friends the next day. Like that right. was very much the like you know, you guys showed up, I was like, should I like should I get out of here? Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah. He very nonchalantly explained that he dismembered the body in one evening and tried to dispose of the evidence, but was quote foiled by inadequate plumbing. And that's a freaking shame for me.
1: Oh my god. The what's the word I'm looking for? The Audacity. You know, audacity and also the it's not delusional. I mean it is delusional, but the yeah. um grandiose Yes, the delusions of grandeur. Yes, thank you. Yes. yes. The fact that he thinks that people will find this funny or interesting or, you know, like, ah, oh God. I've I've
0: rarely seen a police detective be so uncomfortable too. I can't imagine. Because the guy you can tell is just holding his tongue so hard and he keeps saying like, that's a pretty disrespectful thing to say. Like, no. you just can't help it, you know? Yeah. He's like, yeah, wow, that's really disrespectful that you just said that.
1: Mm, man.
0: And the guy's like, yeah, I guess it is. <laughs> yeah. And you also
1: want to keep him talking so exactly, he'll tell you exactly what happened. Exactly. So you've got to play the role of like, oh, interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh. But it does seem like the detective was just like, I can't not say something. This is so awful. Uh, then, get this, speaking of delusions of grandeur. He also ordered the lunch they provided him from Wendy's like he was a guest at a five-star hotel. (laughs) He was like, okay, I want the, you know, McWendy double, no blah, 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 no blah, blah, blah. Iced tea, no ice. And then like Caesar salad, like ordered five things very specifically. Wow. Mm -hmm. And he asked if he could trade information about his crime from a more comfortable stay in prison, including an allowance Purchasing him a TV and giving him internet access.
1: Uh, no, no,
0: no, no. No, you don't get no, to murder don't. women and then trade it for internet access in Comfort. prison. Yeah, no. but also like, oh, you know what? Yeah, it's extremely dangerous to give prisoners internet access, but we're going to give this extremely dangerous prisoner internet access because yeah, he told us that he was responsible for the body that we found in his freezer in his house. Like, give this guy a fucking commendation <laughs> for valor mm-hmm. for telling us what we he's already a, he's knew. He's a true hero. God. So as police searched Strong's overcrowded and barely inhabitable apartment, they discovered a pipe bomb. No. <laughs> yes. That had to be detonated in a controlled explosion by bomb squad before their search could continue. Wow. Yeah, a what a day at the pipe yes, bomb. Yes, what a day at the office. You're just like torture device bdsm device Mm -mm. human remain human remain human Mm -mm. remain fucking pipe mom are you kidding me what's this guy's name again adam strong okay Mm -hmm.
1: just want to make sure. not a very
0: well known case weirdly
1: weirdly yeah i was gonna say i would i don't i've never
0: heard of it yeah it's uh not really been covered for some reason which is weird So they also found a frozen dead raccoon in a garbage bag in his freezer, as well as garbage bags containing two human arms, two femurs, two lower legs and feet, a pelvis and a human head.
1: Oh, man.
0: They were able to confirm that the parts belonged to Rory Hache based on a tattoo behind her ear. So police needed to piece together the details of Rory's murder and learned that the park where Rory had last been seen Memorial Park was less than a mile from Strong's apartment. They sent in multiple items to be tested for DNA and one item, an extremely creepy looking Wyoming knife, Mm. which, ugh, it's a knife used for hunting. I don't, ugh, God, no. It's it's very much out of the movie Seven. It's like a miniature Seven knife. And it's called a Wyoming knife. Yeah.
1: I'll have to look it up.
0: Uh, I don't like it. But it came back with the DNA results that did not match Rory Hache. Oh, no. The DNA actually matched the DNA of a different missing 18-year-old woman named Candace Fitzpatrick. Don't do it. No. Too late. So Candace Fitzpatrick's parents had gotten divorced in 2006, and her father had moved to Alberta, Canada after the divorce. Candace had stayed behind in Oshawa and had actually gone missing for a bit previously when she was around 16 or 17. And when her father tracked her down, she expressed wanting to live alone. And again, I'm assuming she was living with her mother, but the details are very vague. And I think it's just to not shame these family members who Mm -hmm. were doing the best they could. But the bottom line is that Candace had a very similar life to Rory, was very well loved, was well supported, but bad things happened to her. And she had a really hard time. And she did the best she could, but ultimately fell on like extremely hard times at a very young age.
1: Yeah. Vulnerable teens. Yes. Easy targets for terrible fucking monsters.
0: Yes. The most easy. So friends reported that Candace had been using drugs, specifically crack cocaine, and doing sex work to afford her addictions. And much like Rory, she was a troubled young woman who was self-medicating to escape her various traumas and was likely traumatizing herself herself. Further in the process. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Despite her troubled life, her father claims she kept in touch with him regularly, but he started to grow concerned when he didn't hear from her for an extended period in 2008. He tried to report her missing in 2008 and 2009, but police refused to file a report based on her lifestyle and the fact that she was an adult. Candace's father continued to look for his daughter and started a Facebook page to get the word out, but it wasn't until 2010 that police finally agreed to open a case for her when they confirmed she hadn't received any medical care since 2008 and there were no banking or employment records for her anywhere. Candace had also last been seen in Memorial Park in Oshawa, the same park that Rory had last been seen in, And with her DNA showing up on Adam Strong's knife, police feared the worst. Strong had an 18-foot boat that he had parked at his apartment, and so police released a statement asking for any information from anyone who had ever helped him tow or use his boat or anyone who had interacted with him since the late 90s. Someone came forward to share a photo from 2016 that she'd taken of Rory and some and some of her friends who were watching as they were shooting the movie It Oh, that was being filmed in the area at the time. And in the background of the photo, you can clearly see Adam Strong as he had been working security for the production. Oh, that is so chilling. And it just seems like a bizarre coincidence. It doesn't seem like they interacted with each other, but it's fucking creepy nonetheless.
1: Yeah. And of course the creep would be looking for jobs on the Set of shooting Yes, yes. <laughs>
0: Yep Just like, uh, Go relate. on uh, jobsforcreeps.com Yes here we go mm-hmm. perfect mm-hmm. Pennywise the clown that's someone I can relate to Exactly Police did learn that Strong spent a lot of time At outreach centers Where Candace and Rory also received services I'm assuming he was also receiving services mm-hmm. So there's a good chance That they could have encountered him there Memorial Park was also very close to one of the centers Strong spent a lot of time at. The investigation would get a big piece of evidence when surveillance footage from the local emergency room surfaced showing that Rory was taken for medical treatment on August 30th, which was the day after she was seen in Memorial Park. Hmm. Rory had been driven to the hospital by her friend and her friend's mother, who walked her inside, then left her to wait for treatment. One of the nurses in the R said that Rory was acting very strangely and said she was there for a prescription for some medicine, but didn't wait around to be seen by a doctor. Hmm. It was Strong that ended up slipping up and letting detectives know that he was aware that Rory had been sleeping in a tent near a creek that wasn't far from his home. So police assumed that he found Rory by the creek propositioned her for sex, then brought her to his apartment where he murdered and dismembered her. <laughs> Poor thing. Whoa, somebody's like chipping wood. Hold on. Yeah, they are. Strong's GPS showed that he didn't leave his apartment for 36 hours, after which point his GPS was switched off, so it's assumed that was when he dumped her torso in the lake. Strong claimed that he'd taken Rory out to dinner at one point previous to her murder and that she had also been in his apartment consensually. Mm. Strong had kept Rory's remains in his freezer until Christmas Eve, when he decided she was taking up too much room, and so he had been trying to dispose of her down his drain like a total genius. God. Detectives couldn't get as much information out of Strong about Candace's murder, but he was able to tell him which implement he'd used on which victim— and said that he hadn't thrown the Wyoming knife away because he was too much of a procrastinator. No. Yeah. No. Ten years. Ten years he held on to that. Ten. and mm like, Mm-hmm. That's not procrastination. That's no.
1: Nope. Keeping treasures from your terrible murders.
0: Yeah. No. He's just also just like a lazy hoarder. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Adam Strong's trial for the murders of Roy Hache and Candace Fitzpatrick were scheduled for September of 2020, and he was given a trial by judge instead of trial by jury. He was tried for both murders in the same trial, which was smart on the part of the prosecution because there was so little evidence available Mm. for Candace's murder. Yeah, I'm surprised they let them do that. Well, and it was actually the judge who was like, okay, I will do the trial but you have to do them both at the same time mm-hmm. to expedite it. So it was a little bit of a lucky thing, I think, for prosecution in general. Good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's also like uh, we literally have every piece of evidence and, incl- and you're about to hear, including like both of their blood all over the rooms. And yeah. stuff. So the judge was like, OK, let's go. Let's wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It came out in trial that blood spatter had been found throughout Strong's apartment on a couple of blow up mattresses and on some BDSM sex toys including a set of handcuffs so it is very likely that is where he killed both women mm. quote police forensics officers spent days combing Strong's squalid apartment where they found a trove of evidence linked to Hache including blood and DNA on an air mattress blood spatter on the ceiling and walls in his bedroom and the teen's bloody sneakers tucked into a dollar store bag and left on the floor next to Strong's oh bed. god
1: can you even imagine? No. Absolutely I understand not. that hoarding is a mental health issue yes. big time, but to have no. to deal with that? No.
0: Just have that in there. Go through it? Yeah. Oh. And thank God for the people upstairs. That's the other thing. I weirdly lived above a hoarder. My, I had this landlord. He had this beautiful little house and I rented it from him and he was going through a divorce He was a white rapper and like a heavy, heavy drug user. (laughs) And I know that sounds weird, but he was also like an antique collector. And this house was so beautiful. And so Mm -hmm. I was like, this is actually perfect. This is such a beautiful house. This little mid-century kit home next to this insanely beautiful grotto. I mean, it was perfect. My landlord's a white rapper who lives downstairs. Great. This is perfect. (laughs) Yeah. Like just a stoner, like a big doofy stoner kid. Mm -hmm. Well, in the process of going through this divorce, his wife left him you know, his mental health declined and he started hoarding and it was really bad for me (laughs) to live Mm -hmm. upstairs from him. Yes. Uh, So I can, I cannot, uh, I'm just so glad that the upstairs neighbors were spared from having to live above that. Yeah. Insanity because I can't even imagine how they stayed there for like five days with him living downstairs. So quick trigger warning for rape. I'm not going to get into any details, but there is, um, you know, a little bit more information. Yep. So Rory had bruises on her face and injuries to her head, including blunt force trauma of, of some kind, most likely from a hammer or crowbar.
1: Oh.
0: Rory did also have meth and cocaine in her system at the time of her death. Semen was present in her remains, and she had been wearing some type of restraining device at the time of her death so it was pretty clear that she had been lured to his apartment, restrained, raped and murdered sometime between August 31st and September 4th. Adam Strong was found guilty for the first-degree murder of Rory Hache and manslaughter for Candace Fitzpatrick due to a lack of evidence.
1: Yeah.
0: When asked if he had any remorse for his actions, Strong said, "Quote, I don't know, I'm kind of over it." Oh. Yep. I mean, at least he's honest. I you know, uh, Yes. I like still, let's not
1: play let's not play a game here. Let's just be honest. Yeah. He doesn't give two shits.
0: No, he's like I'm a pretty much a shitty person and I yeah, don't I'm i got monster. what I wanted and I got caught and I don't fucking care. Yep. He was sentenced to 25 years for Rory's murder and 18 for Candice's to be served concurrently. He only had his childhood to blame for his actions, quote they are my actions, but I don't think I would have made those actions had I been nurtured, he told mm. detectives. It was a really bad childhood. Yeah, no doubt, dude. We get it. Sure. Yes. Yes. Everyone, no one's surprised that you had a bad childhood, but Jesus.
1: Yeah, no excuse.
0: <sighs> Quote, because of this monster, we will never get to walk Rory or Candace down the aisle. We will never get to be grandparents. We will never get to spend the holidays or birthdays together, Eric Hachet said in a written victim impact statement. You, sir, have brought darkness to everyone. Quote, I will never see her fall in love, graduate school, be married, and have children, Rory's mother, Shannon Dion, said. This monster took my angel and mutilated her. He tried to hide the evidence of what he had done. It is now time for you to pay and for you to be sentenced for this heinous crime you committed against my daughter. Fitzpatrick's mother, Vicky, Laddie Paolo said that the, quote, sleepless nights and, quote, worrying as a parent will never disappear. Quote, I will never know the joy of watching her grow. She said, you rob the world of a beautiful soul. I hope and pray that you will one day grow a conscience. Her younger sister, Oksana Fitzpatrick, wrote in a statement that she will never be able to go to her big sister for advice because strong, quote, decided her life wasn't worth living. I will never get to hear her voice or see her smile, she said. Fitzpatrick's father, Bill, who read his statement in court, said he was, quote, shattered when he learned of his daughter's fate after years of searching for her. My family lost someone we all love so much, he said. He took so much from us. Yeah. Then in early 2022, 14 years after she went missing, Detectives found the remains of Candace Fitzpatrick in a clearing beyond a line of trees in Oshawa.
1: You are kidding me. No. Oh, I just got chills. I
0: know. Thank God. Holy shit. I was
1: fully expecting to never know where. I know. Oh, one tiny,
0: tiny little fucking light (sighs) at the end of this horrifying tunnel. Quote, in July 2021, our homicide unit received information that Mr. Strong, while incarcerated, had disclosed information pertaining to the location of Candace Fitzpatrick's remains. Investigators subsequently obtained judicial authorization to take custody of Adam Strong. And on November 4th, we conducted an operation which led us to a small clearing by the tree line behind Secreto Drive in Oshawa. Fitzpatrick's and Hache's family attended a press conference and were seen embracing each other after the news was announced.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Hache's mother, Shannon Dion, said the discovery is a miracle. Yeah. Quote, It felt like November 9th, 2017, all over again to me. That's what it felt like. And it was just a rush of emotions. And it's a miracle she's home, she said. I'm blessed that she's home and she's going to be put to peace and be back with her family where she belongs. The quote continues. Dion, however, said Strong, does not deserve praise for helping the police. No, Conscience is ugly when you're dealing with it in the dark all by yourself. You know, so I'm not grateful to him. I'm thankful to God that he made this happen. And, you know, I'm happy for the family to have closure now. (laughs) And that, my lovely angels... (laughs) Is the, I am sorry, please forgive me, what the fuck, what is wrong with people, and the murders of the poor, sweet, troubled, brave, <laughs> strong, persevering Rory Hache and Candace Fitzpatrick. Oh, no, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, prey on vulnerable youth. I know that's no. what is done, and it is the worst. Stop. <sighs> <sighs> Fuck the people who have that fucking spidey sense to do that to other people. Oh, God. Well,
1: it's like when we were talking about domestic violence, how it's not the victim's fault Mm -mm. that you experience domestic violence more than once in your life. No. It's that it's everywhere. So you're going to probably just keep bumping into it, unfortunately. Yeah. I think it's the same thing.
0: Uh, Well, they're going to look for people who they can tell they're already vulnerable. And Mm -hmm. it did make it come into focus for me a little bit. It's so anyway. So sad. It's so sad. I hope that he only did this twice in ten years. I mm-hmm. doubt that he only did this twice in ten years, but I really hope that's true. Well it seems his like his is ego, too many.
1: yeah. It seems like his ego is big enough that when the spotlight is off of him, yeah. He'll start talking again.
0: It's so true. And there were some suspicious clothes, like, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. suspicious clothes found in his apartment after he was already in prison, you know, maybe behind the apartment or something. And there was a there was some press on that, but it did end up not being anything. But the parents of the girls were like, fuck, you know, Mm -hmm. great. But then it was nothing. It didn't go anywhere. Ugh, I hate that. Yeah. Thank you for telling their stories. um. Yeah. I'm, I'm
1: so sorry for them. Have no idea. Oh, I
0: think that was a listener suggestion. So actually, thank you, listener. I'm so sorry. I forgot to mention that at the top. I do believe that was a listener suggestion. I don't think I ever would have found that case without your suggestion. So no. thank you so much for that, because that is not awful. an easy one to find. It's weird how Canada's so close, but even can't Canadian cases don't wind their awful way down here to our media. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, does anyone need a palate cleanser in the form of name time? Always. Uh, we had a lovely listener reach out and make a point that I've, I've awkwardly wanted to make this point a few times, but I don't know how to make it without sounding like a well-intentioned white woman, (laughs) (laughs) Uh (laughs) which I I I know the feeling, I I know that feeling real well. The, the the intentions of white women never go wrong, right? I mean, we always nail it, pitch <laughs> perfect, yes, one hundred percent of the time. As much as we can say, and it's true. Our our intentions with name time are to be celebratory and embracing, and it's amazing. It's I think it's just amazing. I think it's a fun and amazing thing that people are named the things that they are named. Mm -hmm. Those are their names. They are the given names. They are born and then they live their life with these amazing names. And there's something just like so fun about that. Mm -hmm. But it feels magical. Yes. Yes. God, this world is so great that these names exist. We do get a lot of suggestions for names that are from other countries. And I have only brought those names up maybe twice because they were just so good. But I generally don't cover names that are from other countries, because it feels racist. And as much as I can say, oh, this is so going I love it. I just don't go there. We had a listener reach out and I was talking about the importance of names. And she was also talking about the pronunciation of names. I'm not going to get this right every time. There's just no way. But I do only try to cover names that I have been given a phonetic pronunciation and generally names that people have a personal association with not always but mm-hmm. I do do uh, enough due diligence in looking up the names to make sure that I am pronouncing them right but again I'm not going to do it correctly every time and I really appreciate her reaching out to be a reminder because, mm-hmm. like, I in my response to her, it's true crime in general is such a tricky, tricky thing to do. And the fact that we attempt to do it in the way that we do and we try our damnedest, but it's just never going to be right. You know, it's just like. Well, are perfect. No. And yeah. same with name time. Like, name time is a happy place for most of us. But it's still important to remember how important people's names are and mm-hmm. that if that feels disrespectful, I get it. I totally get it. And I appreciate being reminded in general, having those anchors, especially because this is such a conversational podcast. Mm-hmm. Sadie and I can uh, just fucking say whatever we want. And neither of us are going to realize that the other person sounds like a dickhead sometimes. But I right. In the case that we do or almost do, we appreciate being brought back down to earth. So thank you for that message. Absolutely. Anyway, let's do some name time. Let's do it. Let's do it. Because you guys keep sending them and they keep getting better and better. (laughs) Funny things kids say. Two-year-old calls bananas butt-nanas. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. There is a Myrtle, Mud, and a Ken doll. See, like what? How on earth, how on earth did someone get named Ken doll? I'm assuming they're Kenneth doll, which is even funnier. I don't know that for sure, but if he wasn't and I was his friend, I would name, I would call him Kenneth doll. In Indianapolis, there's a neurosurgeon named Dr. Q and Dr. Pickle. God. (laughs) Dr. Pickle.
1: What are the doctors of? I need to go see them.
0: Uh, Dr. Kira is a neurosurgeon. Yes. Uh, Dr. Pickle was a resident on duty when, the, when this listener had their first child and checked into the hospital at 4 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dr. Pickle. <laughs> uh, that same listener went to school with Candy Cluster. Ooh. And she became either the Indy 500 queen or one of the court... But she went by Candace for that. Oh. oh, She also knew a candy corn in college. I don't know how you are. That's the same listener. Myrtle Mud, Kendall, Dr. Q, Dr. Pickle, Candy Cluster <laughs> and candy corn all in one life. Are you absolutely kidding me? And you live in Indianapolis? Amazing. Yes. Yep. Uh, how about a Dick Smalley? Yep. <laughs> oh, the listener that was very lovely to write us and say, hey, you know, pump the brakes on the names a little bit. Uh, changed their name to Jane Julie Jasmine for two weeks when they were five, and (laughs) parents and sisters had to call her that in 1990, and they just did it. That's amazing. Jane Julie Jasmine. I can relate to that. (laughs) Yes. I can relate to that. I told my mom that uh, my name was Jessie before I was born when I, quote, lived on her ribs, which is such Ooh. a creepy thing to say as a little three year old. But
1: yeah, you're always been a creep.
0: <laughs> yeah. Always been a creep named Jessie. So I get it. Jane, Julie, Jasmine. Brandy Tinkle. Wild Jeff Lammy, Skylar Moore, and Dylan Dallas. They were married. Skylar Moore and Dylan Dallas. That was a marriage announcement. Yes. Harry Johnson, Silky Beattie, Chardonnay Hooker, Mr. Perv was a fifth grade teacher. Oh, Poor Mr. Perv. That yes. did not go well for him. No. Uh, when someone was little, they had a hard time with numbers for some reason. It would say, instead of pronouncing them properly, it would say door for four, dive for five. And you could guess what six was. Uh. That is one of my personal favorite speech impediments. One of my friend's little daughters had the similar where. It was very much just like D's in place of everything. Mm-hmm. And oh, man, God. Like, I very, very barely could understand her. And uh, I yeah. really have a hugely soft spot for a really intense
1: speech impediment. Yes. In children. My five year old is is growing out of his. I was just thinking of. It's about so it. sad. I know. It, makes, it means he's not a baby anymore. No say L's and R's better and it's really sad
0: someone was listening to our true crime podcast not ours as in mine and Sadie's and that's called <laughs> our true crime podcast latest episode about the stout family and there's a detective McAnus working the case <laughs> dun, dun, dun. bottom burn and rotten bottom are places <laughs> 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 And our darling Clint our best brother Sent us a sign for bunghole liquors. Which, who green lit that? That's amazing. Right. Okay. What? Of all of the names. They knew you, they had a plan. They had a plan and they executed it. That's right. So thank you for the names Thank you for the check-ins Thank you for the reminders to be the best versions of ourselves That we can be as well-intentioned white women yes. We are nailing it Yeah, high five Sadie Woo-hoo. We get it right every time We did it We never do harm Never <laughs> We know everything <laughs> We have opinions Yeah <laughs> That's what I'm going <laughs> to rename our show <laughs> We have Welcome to We Have Opinions <laughs> capital O. Get ready for some of them. They could change tomorrow, but I'm going right. to still say it with my whole chest. I'm going to yeah. say it like it's the
1: truth. Yeah. Are we going to get educate ourselves on those opinions?
0: Maybe. Definitely. But in the meantime, here's some words.
1: God. Oh, goodness gracious. All right. I owe some
0: shouty-outies. I got to get to some shouty-outies because y'all deserve it. And we we love you. If you want a shouty-outie, if you want a whole other big, big batch of episodes, go on over to our Patreon. And as little as $5 a month affords you a whole bunch of other episodes. Oh, my God. Hundreds almost. 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 I can almost say Hundreds. Fuck so many. Man. What? More than 150. That's yeah. a lot. I remember uh-huh. when you and I found Morbid and you were like, they have like 130 episodes. And we're like that. You would die before you would ever get that many. Uh-huh. And now we have 300 uh- total.
1: What? I know. So crazy. We're almost to 200 here. Uh, time flies, you guys. Wow. yeah, It really does. That's weird. It really, really does. Well, thank you so much to
0: adiana m oh please get what i can't i'm gonna uh -uh. goodbye adiana you can't you really can't come in here with a name like adiana that is Mm -mm. beautiful what is that a fucking magic yeah is it the sound that um whales make when they come to land (laughs) you know yes they're like oh we've evolved Adiana. Yes, that's what that, well, that's what that is. Is it the sound that the trees make when they are waking up for spring? Yes, it is. Is it the sound that the clouds make after a heavy summer storm when the sky is a shade of lavender and there's fucking electricity in the in them uh-huh. because it's so humid? Yes, that is an adiana. Is it the sound that a child makes the first time they play in a babbling brook? Yes. It's also that. (laughs) Is it the sound of the the, the smell of sagebrush? Yes, that is also an adiana. The sound Mm -hmm. of the smell of sagebrush. Yes. Is it also the thing that your heart makes when you... See your soulmate for the first time? No. Yes. When I walked into the cafe at the Jane Hotel on March 6th, 2012, and saw Laura Fosberg sitting at the counter, that my heart did an Adiana. Yes, yeah, it did. Mine did too when I met Ryan. Yeah. Uh, and last but not least, is it the sound when you eat the perfect bite of food, mm. when you are not expecting the food that mm. you've had a million times to be as good as the food you're about mm. to put in your face? Mm. That is an Adiana. You go to Lilia in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, and you've had Italian food before, and you're like, how good could it be? <laughs> and that it is better than anything you've ever tried That is resembles Italian food, and uh, your little face and mind does an Adiana. God. Bravo, Adiana. I yeah, need man. to know everything about that name because, good God, that is a beautiful name. Beautiful name. My
1: children recently, speaking of sounds the trees make, my 5 year old was asking do you think that plants make noises that we just can't hear Oh Which is God. incredibly smart of course he, was. Of course yes. he was jesus <laughs> so then i was like yeah probably and i think recently the scientists said mm-hmm. that that is true mm-hmm. And we were talking about it and so then the two of them in the back seat were deciding what they
0: sounded oh, like
1: my and i'm going to spare you because it was like lots of loud screeching and like terrible sounds yeah <laughs> cuz yep. that's
0: 5 and 9 year old sounds children yes, yes.
1: Um, but it was really funny. It's so, <laughs> so. cute. Yeah, they uh, were like
0: Adriana. They were like, no, no, they no.
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and out, yeah. trying
0: to outplay each other. Yeah. in volume I'm, and high pitchedness I've been there. I've been there. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. As children who are easily overwhelmed by sound, they sure make a lot of it. Oh well,
1: yeah, that's a whole other topic we <laughs> can talk about another time. Because yes, my my youngest has sensory issues and hates Serious loud noises sensory issues. and. Will scream about how he can't handle the loud noises around him.
0: And talks at (laughs) level 400 volume. does. It's the craziest thing. Yeah. I mean,
1: to the point where we have had his hearing checked just to be sure that he can hear okay because he Mm -hmm. talks so loudly.
0: Yeah. No, we Mm -hmm. can all relate. All of us that have been diagnosed uh, with any kind of neurodivergence, It's like, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Every once in
0: a while I check in with my mouth and it is loud. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Well,
1: thank you so much To Shannon from Australia. Shannon
0: from Australia. We're like, come on over to United States. And she <laughs> says, nah, I don't want to because why would I do that when I'm surrounded by the smartest, funniest, bravest and most creative people on the planet? We are an island of prisoners and it turns out that made us divergent and Even if you don't identify as such or have been diagnosed with it, I can tell you, you are at least adjacent to being neurodivergent (laughs) if you live in Australia. Because you are the best of us. You're the funniest and you should suggest to us how to do life right because you know how to do it. Because Shannon from Australia, take the microphone, tell the people about it. She would take it and kick up her leg and put on a dazzling outfit. (laughs) Do a twirl and do a wink in that effortless way that Australians do everything. (laughs) And somehow be charming and give you time of day to teach you how to be more like them. Shannon would give a fucking, what's the word I'm looking for, seminar on how to be... Effortlessly better than everyone at everything.
1: (laughs) Or at least a PowerPoint presentation.
0: (laughs) I really love Australians, if you couldn't tell by the song for Shannon. And Shannon is the best among the best in the world, and we love you. (laughs) Thank you, Shannon from Australia.
1: I recently saw a TikTok of a toddler being chased by her pet wombat.
0: No, no, trust me. Don't get me started on the wombat with the three-year-old. I have active. Oh no! Not only have I seen it, I have active anxiety about the end of that wombat's life. Like, oh, persistent and active near constant anxiety about losing this fucking wombat from this world.
1: Right. No, the dad's like, honey, you got to come eat Mm -mm. your food. Mm -mm. Stop cuddling the wombat. Mm -mm.
0: Is this something that
1: happens? Do you get to have pet wombats in Australia?
0: This this relationship between this toddler and this fucking wombat, if you just just go into TikTok, if you don't Mm -hmm. know, even if you don't have TikTok, just go Mm -hmm. online and type in TikTok toddler wombat and then just... Mm
1: I've only seen one video. I assume now it's dawned on me that there are probably more.
0: Oh, there's it's their whole life. It's a whole thing. It's it's his pet. It's her pet wombat. They Mm. do everything together. Oh, my God. And they wrestle and they're naughty and they're like the same age. They have the same (laughs) personalities. And it's this like hippie surfer dad. And I don't I don't know where the mom is. (laughs) He does the TikToks, but it's yeah, it's this little girl and her wombat. And it's devastatingly fucking cheerful. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Now I had a big day planned, but I'm just going to have to go watch more Wombat.
0: No, I I mean, I'm so sorry I just ruined a bunch of lives because, like, Laura brought it (laughs) up. She's like, have you seen—I was like, don't—I'm so stressed about when that Wombat passes. And she's like, that's the weirdest thing to think about. But it's like, I— it's so good. It's just such a good thing that exists in this world that I already mourn its absence. You know what I mean? It's yes. Like, yes. Oh, the wombat and the toddler. <laughs>
1: but really, I need to know: are wombats pets for people? Is that thing is that something that happens, or is it just this one particular wombat? Please yeah. Tell me.
0: I think it's not a pet thing, but I think yeah, I that, didn't
1: think so either. But yeah,
0: are they always as cute as they are? as they look and seem to be and especially in this video or mm-hmm. is it like when i was in new zealand and picked up a <laughs> hedgehog in the garden and p- people like <laughs> ew gross to, no yeah like i wasn't allowed in the house all day afterwards <laughs>
1: <Until> <laughs> like the only human that's ever survived rabies <laughs> exactly like
0: just, just immediately start hosing me oh, off like, Ah, oh. gross no <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, God. Okay.
1: How many more do you have in you? Two. Let's do two more. Two more. Thank you so much to Laura M.
0: I love the name Laura. It sounds like this in my mind. La, 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 Lara. If I wanted to, I could tell you what Laura stands for. The L stands for lost her mind in time. From being awesome, the A stands for absolutely, positively, devastatingly, gorgeous, (laughs) obviously. R is standing for righteousness in the face of adversity. (laughs) Laura doesn't have adversity, but she is as strong as she can be. Because she has the strength within her to overcome anything. And A at the end stands for alpha, which actually means the beginning. So, whoa, (laughs) that was a twist in the story because the end stands for the beginning. Because Laura is timeless. (laughs) She spans time. She never ends and she only begins it. Laura is perfect. Laura is infinity. Laura.
1: <laughs> she
0: really is. She is. So, that's just that's just a fact. This is a statement that I made. It's a fact.
1: <laughs> and last, but absolutely certainly, not least, one of our listeners who loves to chat with us communicates. We love it. We're here for it. Thank you so much to Anna. D.
0: Anna don't worry about it Anna don't ever stop reaching out and sharing yourself with us please Anna definitely makes the days of the people that she chats with especially and officially us. We love it. And we know that if you bring us this much joy, then the joy you bring into the world is endless. Anna! Dons her hat and tippy taps on down the road to do her day. And everyone she meets along the way, is dazzled by her too. Anna, don't you ever stop, ever, ever stop being you. Anna D, we love you too. We, <laughs> we love you guys so much. My God, please, oh, enough already. It hurts. It hurts. We love you so much. And if you want to spend more time with us, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at TheyWillKill. You can go to our website, TheyWillKill.com. And you can always email us at TheyWillKillPodcast at gmail.com.
1: You can rate and review and subscribe to us. Tell your friends. Yeah. Talk about us. Go yeah. on Reddit. Yep. Suggest us. Create a Facebook page for us.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Do what you want. No, spend all your time in honor of us worshiping.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We love it. We do. And we love AJ Burgantz, who designed, I guess it's called, wrote our music. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.
0: And remember. mm, I just think that pretty much everything that I knew about myself up until literally one year ago was uh, kind of the opposite of (laughs) what is reality. And so Uh that's something I've been reconciling and will continue to reconcile to the day I'm dying, I'm sure. But uh, the thing that I realized most of all was that I was assuming that everyone else knew things and was better at things Mm -hmm. and had skills that I did not. Mm -hmm. And it was never true. It is not and was not ever true. Not that I didn't have things to learn and that other people didn't offer me value, but I really, I really put them like 100 to 200% before and above me when it came to everything. And Mm -hmm. It was never true. And that's weird. That is a weird thing to realize about yourself. And that yes. I did everything in service of others. And I don't want to not be in service of others, but I really, really should have spent more time taking care of myself. And mm-hmm. uh, God, I don't even know how to tell y'all what I'm trying to say exactly, <laughs> but. Push through. I think yeah.
1: my, my motto recently has been to push through. Push through that the things that you were told or you tell yeah. yourself. Yeah. Self-doubt. Um, Yeah, that you can compromise, but that you really do deserve to come first. Yeah. You deserve to put yourself first, make sure you have what you need, and that you really are good at the things you think you're good at. Yeah. And if you don't know how to do something, push through that and figure it out. Yeah. Don't give up. Yeah. Keep going.
0: And the world is actually going to be a better place when you do things in service for yourself. Mm -hmm. As much as it feels like you're making the world a better place by constantly giving yourself to others, it's actually not true.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Because the better you are, the more you have to give and the more your unique gifts shine and live in this world that is already full of other people. The world doesn't need more of them. It needs more of you. So don't be a dick, but, which is something I'm struggling with now because I'm like, well, fuck you and fuck you and fuck you. I'm working on it, pushing through, but uh yeah the world needs more of you it's already got plenty of the rest of them you don't yes. need to give the world more of someone else you need to give the world more of yourself so get your little cute little butt out there mm-hmm. and uh give it do it or cute big butt mm-hmm. cute medium-sized butts all cute. the butts yes the biggest butts in the world down all the way down to the smallest butts in the world they all need to be out there and they need to be mm-hmm. given to the world we love you we thank, thank you, you for
1: being here we'll see you real soon
0: yeah we will (laughs) goodbye (laughs) goodbye
1: goodbye